taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey friends, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars. We have uh, uh, one of our favorite rock stars for the new year. Um, it is none other than Fred Valles, who is the founder and CEO of Optimizer, one of the best PPC tools out there. A former evangelist for Google Ads, also known as Google AdWords back then, and author of the recently published Digital Marketing in an AI World, Future-Proofing Your PPC Agency. Hey, welcome, Fred. Thanks for having me again, David. How it is nice welcome. to be here. And um, I've, I've, we did talk about your book on a previous show. Um, I, I wanted to not revisit it, but uh, kind of follow up on it and talk about today um, what are what are your latest thoughts about uh, automation, and uh, what do you think is going to be happening in 2020 in the in the field of PPC automation? Yeah, um, and thanks for mentioning the book, David. And by sure. the way, so uh, we've put it on discount. The Kindle version is now just 99 cents. So if anyone wow. has had a chance to get it, um, buy it now before I decide to raise that price again. Um, <laughs> or reach out to me; I'm sure I can help you out with a free copy as well. Cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so I started writing that book quite a while back. Um, and obviously, as we're all seeing, there's just no stopping automation in PPC, right? And, and I was kind of thinking about when I started talking about automation, it was really pretty much the day after I left Google. So that's all the way back in 2012. And the way I was thinking about automation back then was about which tasks am I spending too much time on? And how do I use something like an AdWords script to automate part of that? And so I was figuring out my own workflows and how to automate those. Uh, but now we have this whole new option, right? Like it's no longer just about the stuff that we want to automate, but Google has gotten really good at automating bid management or, you know, query targeting through different keyword match types. Um, and when I say really good, I mean, obviously that comes with a grain of salt, right? Like if you're a PPC expert and this is what you do for a living, you're probably going to argue that you can still do it better, but then it just becomes about trading off your time versus precision. Um, but so given that there's so much automation from Google now and there's no stopping this, it's just going to keep growing. I've kind of reframed how I think about automation in my business. It's really about how do I take the automation that the engine gives me? And in some cases, it's not just giving it, they're not just giving it, they're forcing it on me. Some things I have to use the automation they have. And how do I use my own automation on top of that to right. stay in control and to know what's happening. And I call that automation layering. Okay. Nice. What is automation layering? Uh, yeah. What is automation layering? Well, I, so the, the book, when I wrote it, it was all about the human still has a huge role to play in a more and more automated PPC world. And so it was about how you as a human played the role of a doctor, your figuring out what's wrong with the patient and then you figure out what automations to, to put in place. Or you're a pilot and you're manually monitoring what an automation is doing. Or you're a teacher and you're kind of feeding data into the system, the machine learning, to make it become better. But then I was like, 
you know, I'm basically saying that people should spend their own time to do all of these things. And these things are still fairly tedious. Like, wouldn't it be beautiful if you could actually automate your oversight of the machine that Google has in place? Right. That would be the best of both worlds. Now you're still in control, but you're also saving time by having automation. And then that, that, that was, you know, kind of eye opening to me because now we're talking not about me having to do this high end, super sophisticated bidding algorithm, because I'm just going to rely on Google to use their machine learning to do the really advanced stuff. And all I'm going to build is some automation that goes in every single hour and maybe takes a look at what Google was up to and tells me if it's not going well and maybe automatically takes action um, if, if I would have always responded in the same way. So it's basically taking my human um, component of making PPC better together with machines, but, but turning that human component into something that I control through an automation. Okay. So what's an example of that, let's say using uh, bid management automation? Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to bid management, um, there's a couple of ways. So one of the more sophisticated ways that we've seen people use uh, some of the tools in Optimizer that help in automation layering is really asking the, the right question about PPC. So nowadays when we talk about bid automation, it's all about TROAS and TCPA. Uh, the T stands for target, right? So target right. CPA with Google Smart Bidding. Or if you do e-commerce, you have a TROAS goal. But ultimately, like, are you really trying to achieve a return on ad spend? Well, no, that's not what your business goal is. Your business goal is probably profitability or maximizing revenue. Right. And the ROAS is one of the levers to help you achieve that. But you still have to set the right ROAS depending on your product, profitability, your margins, the, the sales and specials that you have going on. Right. And so a lot of people kind of think about bid automation as, as and forget it. Uh, it's, it's a thing we had to do manually in the past. Now we just put in a TCPA and we're done. That's not the case, right? You still want to monitor and tweak these target CPAs. And so one simple automation would be to connect your sales calendar or your margin data to uh, the bid automation system so that it dynamically changes the TROAS to give you profitability. Um, that would be a simple one. Um, but, but, but now instead of you having to like constantly go into the system and do that manual change, it's just being taken care of for you. Um, and it's based on structured data. And I think structured data is another huge topic in PPC. It's, it's kind of been creeping in, but it's becoming more pervasive, especially on the shopping side, where we no longer write ads, right? But we just tell Google, here's my merchant feed and all the products that I sell, structured data. And then we go and figure out which keywords to show you for, with queries, which uh, how to show the ad. Um, so um, is, is an example of what you just said, the uh, seasonality adjustments that um, Google announced for um, bid strategies? Yeah, exactly. So the seasonality bid adjustment, uh, that is just one more illustration of the fact that bid automation is not automation at all. It's just automating one portion of what you used to do, but you still have to oversee it and, and tell the system you're going to have that seasonal event. That the that may not pick up on, um, and and that's also again where the whole notion of you as the PPC doctor comes into play because you go to Google, you set your campaigns on bid automation, and you walk away, right? But there's these things like short seasonality events that really have a big impact on conversion rate, 
And by the way, what the bid automation from Google does is it simply predicts conversion rates and then sets the right CPC bid to help you achieve your CPA. Right. It also looks at the value to help you determine the row ads. Um, right. But that's just one component of the whole thing that you really need to be handled by Google. Gotcha. Hey, just as a, an aside, I'll save this for after the break, actually. So um, is, there, is there an example of layering automation that involves ad testing? Yeah, uh, I think you can really apply it to anything, right? So when it comes to ad testing, now we're looking at responsive search ads, responsive display ads. Uh, and people may not think about that so much in terms of automation, but it really is because what Google has asked you is to give it a bunch of headline variations, a bunch of description variations, and then the machine learning puts those together in the way that it thinks it's going to have the most impact for that particular user who happens to see the ad at that time. right? But, but, but what you can do is you could have monitoring systems that say, oh, it looks like this headline is not really often participating. Uh, and showing the final ad. So maybe let's pull that one out and let's put a new one in. And so even simple automation that alerts you to the fact that of your 15 headlines, two of them may not be getting a lot of volume. Um, maybe you could put in new ones, right? That, that's that's an automation right there. And then you could take it one step further. And now you could say, well, we, we've seen that being some special offer in the ad text really drives up the conversion rate or the click-through rate. Well, if you have a sales calendar, again, structured data of some sort that says on Valentine's Day, we're going to be offering 40% off. So there's a date and there's a percent off. Now you can take these two components and you could actually update that in that. And there's many ways to do this. I mean, you could use uh, the business data from Google and the ad customizers. Right. You could use a tool like Optimizer or a script to, to dynamically feed in uh, that full new ad component. Hold on. Let's. Uh, I have a follow-up question to that, but we've got some uh, words from our sponsors here. So, Fred, uh, stay with us, and listeners, don't go away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, 
and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back with Fred Valdez uh, talking about automation and uh, other AI magic that we find in our uh, PPC platforms these days. So we, t- we were talking about responsive ads, uh, display and search ads. And um, I'm remembering that uh, on a show probably three or four months ago, we, you and I had a conversation about responsive search ads. And uh, I also had a similar conversation with Brad Geddes, and, and we all came to the same conclusion at the time. And I'm wondering if you still have the same uh, attitude. Uh, and that conclusion was that responsive, the, the responsive automation um, compares ads based mainly on click-through rate, not on conversion volume or conversion rate. And so the, the uh, uh, favored... Uh, groups of headlines and description lines, et cetera, are chosen based on click-through rate and may not be the optimal ones for optimizing for conversion um, performance. Yeah, How do you feel I, about I, that lately? Exactly. I don't think that's necessarily changed. And I think this is a great illustration of the fact, again, how, how are we as PPC doctors tasked with putting together the right plan for hitting success for an account? And so in this case, I think it's partly if you're going to do responsive search ads, you want to think very deeply about what kind of bid management you're going to put in place. Because if the RSA is primarily focusing on the best CTR ad, then you almost have to have your bid system be smart enough and reactive enough to help you also hit your uh, CPA goals. Right. Uh, and so if you were to manually try and hit those CPA targets with RSAs, all of a sudden that becomes a ton of work. Um, whereas if you put the two together, maybe now you get the results that you actually want. But then, and, and I wrote a blog post on, on search engine land um, on the topic of testing, right? So uh-huh. the basic premise is let's not listen to what I'm saying here about RSAs being good or bad because ultimately that's one opinion based on what I've seen. 
like you and your results could be very different. I mean, every business is pretty unique. I mean, Google talks about, oh, RSAs are great. Well, yeah, they're great on average and they produce better results. But uh, for everyone who's kind of getting better, there's probably a few people getting worse. And overall, it moves the needle in the right direction. But if you're on the wrong side of that, that's bad, right? So ultimately, right. you got to test it out. So you have to use testing infrastructure. But then sort of the pitfall that I point to is that, you know, as these RSAs get into play, uh, people often measure them just at the ad performance level. But you can actually always go deeper, right? You can say, well, let's look beyond just the campaign level. Let's go deep down all the way to the query level. And now mm -hmm. you could actually start to find that for certain queries, the RSA is amazing, right? And these might be queries that you haven't added as keywords, but these are queries coming in as closed variants or broad match keywords. And so now this can actually start to inform structural changes to your account, right? Should I maybe split up an ad group or make a new ad group for these queries that do really well with RSAs? Mm. And meanwhile, pull out some of the others that didn't do so well with RSAs and, and put them by themselves and only have expanded. Gotcha. Uh, so I think we, when we look at these high level, like what is our reality, we often kind of miss opportunities for deeper optimization. And that's where technology and automation comes into play again, right? Because if you're just doing this analysis manually, you're just going into Google and your interface, yeah, you get one answer. But if you have a nice little script that does the deep dive for you, well, all of a sudden now you got a million queries analyzed and very quickly tells you these are the winners, these are the losers. And now you can take that account sort of like to that next level of performance but by making those very granular decisions while still letting the machine take that final um, do the final heavy lifting of matching RSA to the right. Gotcha. So is, is Optimizer uh, kind of capable of that microscopic um, view? Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, part of it is scripts that I put out for free on search engine. And so you, you can uh -huh. certainly use those, but then we try to take these scripts and put them in Optimizer as well, but they are much easier to use and you can run them easily across many accounts. So if you're an agency, it makes it super easy kind of reduce the risk for error to a large degree. And then the other thing that we've seen, so I mean, again, I left Google eight years ago now, um, and I love how I keep talking about how I was at Google, even it's almost been a decade. Um, but in, in those early years, I wrote some really long scripts that were thousands of lines long, and some of them had like over 100 lines of settings. And they were really popular. And then we started to realize, well, we gotta take these things and make them easier, right? So we're gonna build them into an API-based solution which is just a web page and you pick from a bunch of boxes and settings and you put in what you want and then it just spits out the the answers uh, on the spot. And if you want to tweak it while you change some some checkboxes, you click the button and it runs again. It's it's much easier than doing scripts. Um, right, but that, that's where a tool like Optimizer, it's not just Optimizer, there's plenty of good tools out there. Um, but these tools, I mean, they, t they tend to take best practices and try to make them easier to do in a time efficient manner. Gotcha. Hey, I'd and like to, more. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I mean, uh, so this, uh, you can ask your question too, but I was going to tee up another place where I think is a really good example of automation layering and that's with closed variants. And I think closed variants are um, another one of these RSA like topics where people have mixed feelings about them, right? They, they help you find good, useful queries, but some of the queries are also junk. Right. Um, and if you've been used to having that full control over exact match, like this is the ideal scenario for taking a bit of control back um, using automation layering. 
And so um, <clears throat> if I may, I'll, I'll go into um, a little story about how in my early days at Google, I, I created the porn filter for a Dutch language. Oh, no kidding. Oh my yeah, God. Exactly. Right. So let's talk, let's talk about porn for a second. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of shocking to me because I've uh, just been hired at Google. I'm sitting at my desk working on AdWords at the time. And engineer comes to me and has the stack of papers and just like drops them on my desk. And it's like, hey, I heard that you speak Dutch. Uh, can you take a look at this list of words? Um, and I look at the words and I'm like, whoa, like there's some pretty nasty stuff on there. <laughs> and he's like, these are pornographic searches and we've ranked them using machine learning from what we think is most pornographic to least pornographic. But we don't speak Dutch, so we don't really know at what point on this oh, list nice. to draw the line to where uh, the percentage score the machine has assigned actually could be pornographic, but it might also might not be, right? And so right. it was interesting because we were using machine learning and automation to rank the list of words, but it ultimately was a human who drew a line on that piece of paper that said, here's the cutoff, right. and we're going to set the threshold for that specific language. And I think automation layering and closed variance is almost the same. So Google is making some judgments based on machine learning as to how close a query is to the, the underlying keyword. Gotcha. And they have a threshold for when they say it's good enough or it's not good enough. right? And so they make that decision. But what we can do is we can start to take a look automatically at the search terms for which our ads are showing. And we can do our own analysis on top of those. And so we could do an analysis for example, like using the Levenstein distance, which is a simple calculation of how many character differences exist between the query that Google showed me for and the keyword that triggered the query for me. Oh, and then I can say if that distance, if the, if the score is, say, more than five, so more than five characters had to be changed between my keyword and what the user searched for, I don't want it. I don't trust it because I kind of wanted an exact match keyword. Right? So now I've layered automation on top of Google because I'm automatically making negative keywords every time I see a query that's a close variant that's more than five points different from the original. Gotcha. Uh, so it gives me control back. And this is particularly nice because close variants are not optional. You have to use them. Right. Right? There's no off switch for these things. But the off switch is actually an automation layer. Um, and so literally, if you wanted to say, I don't want close variants whatsoever, you could, every single time a closed variant happens, make that a negative keyword. But you're not going to do that manually. That's too much no. time, right? So now you right. use a script or you use a tool like the rule engine and optimizer, and now you automate it. And you know uh -huh. it's being handled for you. And so that, that's, I think, a, a great gotcha. example of some, you know, a common concern many people have these days and how you can address it with automation layering. Gotcha. Hey, this is a good time to pause for another group of messages from our sponsors. Um, when, you come, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you or ask you about your views of um, attribution modeling. So listeners, if, you, if you're interested in that topic like I am, stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back in the home stretch with Fred Valles of Optimizer. Um, Fred, um, I've got a couple of questions about uh, uh, attribution modeling in Google Ads. Uh, one of them is, does, does changing the attribution model affect only um, smart bidding, or does it affect other uh, AI mechanisms within Google Ads like uh, ad testing and and uh, close variants. Yeah, that's a great question. And so it does affect anything that looks at conversions. So primarily, like you said, that would be bidding, but it could also be the ad rotation. Uh-huh. Okay. So Google's trying to favor the ads with a higher conversion rate, then it needs to understand how you measure conversions. So yeah, it impacts more than that. And I think what's really interesting and that people might also miss is it's not just Google tools that are being affected, but it's even tools like Optimizer or whichever tool you're using, because many times these tools are trying to help you get more conversions. And so if you change how you report conversions to them, it's going to change the decisions they make. Interesting. Um, so the other question is, <clears throat> um, there are presently, I think, six different um attribution models that can be applied against conversions convert and conversion tracking. Um, one of them is this kind of mysterious uh, data-driven attribution, um, only available if there's some threshold of data volume. And um, I heard a rumor 
and I believe this was from a Google rep, but um, I, I don't remember which one, so uh, apologies. But I heard a rumor that uh, at some point Google will do away with last, last click attribution and uh, go with one of the other models and potentially data-driven. So I guess two parts. One of them is uh, do you know enough about data-driven attribution to, to agree with Google that it's kind of the be-all and end-all of attribution modeling? And secondly, have you have you heard that last click attribution is going away? Well, I'm certainly not surprised that there's rumors that last click is going away because Google's pushing extremely hard to get people off of that. Um, and sort of in the beginning when that message came from them, I, I didn't really pay attention to it much. But then when I started thinking about it more, it actually made a ton of sense. Um, and so when we look at the term of optimizer accounts. Um, so people using Optimizer to manage their accounts, we see that there's about 62% are no longer using last click attribution. So that's quite good, but right, there's still 38% that are on the old model. And, and that's mostly a legacy thing. It's not by choice, just because that's where they were before and they haven't changed it. Okay. Um, now, did you say 62% are using a non-last click attribution model? Correct. So 62% have switched to something better. Um, and that's just on a uh, kind of the way we measure it at Optimizer. I don't know, of course, what the system-wide stats for Google would be. Um, and, and I've written a couple of articles about this, but you know, let's talk quickly about an example why last-click attribution can be so bad, right? Um, and, and this ties very closely to everything becoming automated. So, so here's the thing: if you're going to do manual bid management and you're selling sneakers. Um, say say that you're Adidas and you're selling Ultra Boost 19 sneakers. So a lot of people they they search for sneakers and they kind of get exposed to the Adidas brand and, and some of the models of shoes that they have. And on that consumer journey, they start getting more and more specific. And ultimately, they might look for like a Star Wars Ultra Boost 19 sneakers, which is a specific color scheme they have. And so they do that search. They click on the ad. They buy the shoe. And last click attribution says, great, that very specific query, that's the thing that worked. Now, meanwhile, all of these other steps in that consumer journey, starting from sneakers to maybe Adidas sneakers to more and more specific things, are, are basically ignored in the attribution model. And that's fine if you have humans looking at bid management because someone who works on selling Adidas shoes, they're not going to look at that query and say, oh, my God, like sneakers, like we shouldn't bid for that because they sell sneakers, right? They're smart enough to understand that even if the conversions for that keyword are very low, they understand it's really important. But the machine is simply not that smart. So now if you put it on automated bidding and the attribution model is last click, well then the machine is just dumb and it says, huh, very few conversions directly off of the keyword sneakers. So let's bid that way down. And now what you've done is you basically killed your conversion funnel, right? You, you've narrowed the upper part of the funnel, the early stage searches in the consumer journey. And then people might now be exposed to Nike much more or, or other brands. And they go down that path and they end up buying those shoes. And, and that's why it's so risky in automated bidding, automated ad text optimization, anything that's automated where the machine just is not as smart as you are, to not give it the full picture. And last click is, is the full picture. Right. Hey, we are needing to wrap up now um i think it's it's uh, always fascinating to me that our discussions wind up 
sounding like uh, uh, you can have an automatic shift in your car, but that doesn't make you an expert uh, sports car driver. In other words, uh, uh, there's, there's no danger in uh, PPC managers losing their jobs because of automation. Exactly. And it's like if you're a race car driver, you're using automated shifting at this point because it simply is faster than doing it manually. But there's all these other things that you do now, right? And instead right. of focusing on shifting, you're focusing on strategy. And that's really what, and that's ultimately, I think, what 2020 should be about in the minds of PPC experts is how do we transition from being the taskmasters who just do a lot of tedious, repetitive tasks. And now that the machines can do it for us and we can use automation layering to take some of the more uh, both tasks that we've done ourselves to manage automation. So we can put that on our own automation too. What do we do with all this new time? Well, it's about being strategic. It's about being marketers. Again. Yes. Yes. Hey, thank you very much, Fred. Always great pleasure to have you on and I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thanks, David. Uh, we'll see you at a lot of conferences, I'm sure. I hope so. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. See you in a couple of weeks on another episode of PPC Rockstars. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.